What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Welcome to your Monday show, episode 230. And uh, got a lot to get to today. Um, first of all, please do hit a five-star review uh, on Spotify. Uh, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And actually, next week, starting next week, I will begin a seven-week giveaway. Sounds really odd, <laughs> but actually, as I'm packing my stuff, to, uh, up, so whatever, I have figures that are mint in box that I just do not want, and so I will have be giving out three uh, figures on the Wednesday show and four figures on the Monday show, starting next week. Uh, so check that out. I'll give all details next week when I have everything figured out and what the rules will be and how you can get it and all that good stuff. So please do follow um, and keep continue to follow. Um, so it's um, and if I sound lackluster, I'm actually just it's one o'clock in the morning on Monday. I kind of procrastinated doing the show, uh, and I, I don't know why, but um, I saw Love and Thunder on Friday morning, and I was gonna do it once I got back home. As you guys know that follow, the show dropped on Sunday. I did on Sunday. And I, I, I don't know. Just I think I just wanted to really take in everything I saw. Because in a 24-hour time span or 48-hour time span, you had more Vince McMahon allegations, which we'll get to. I saw Love and Thunder, and I was binging The Boys Season 3. So I think I had, I, it's been so much that I, I even feel like I haven't even processed all of it yet. And so I was kind of like, uh, so procrastination might be too harsh of a word, but it, it really is how I feel about what I'm like, but I know it's not the right word though, if that makes any sense. I'm kind of just like, man, I don't know what to think about a lot of this stuff. So, um, anyways, let's get to the top story. More allegations have dropped. Now, my opinion as of a few weeks ago was, I feel like he was going to stay in place until, or after more allegations. Now, here's kind of the issue. Here's, before we get into all of it, here's kind of the issues that I, I said that for. Because I had a lot of people who had opinions. And uh, I, and, and honestly, in a, in a time where people who have your email will email you some ignorant stuff, I actually got no ignorant responses. I, I just got people who they felt I didn't explain things well. I've never said, I've never said any of this was right. What I said was his between his uh, shares... What she controls a good majority of, and just if he, if they're wondering if he paid with his own money or company money, I just feel like if there was no proof that he paid with company money, then it's really between him and his wife, right? If he's, even then, it's all come out now that they're not even living together, and it's more of a we're staying married, air quotes, no air quotes, because we're doing air quotes out of convenience. So. I said, unless there's more allegations, you know, which you know, like there could be, I just don't see him stepping down. I still don't see him stepping down, even though these allegations are, that are coming out are pretty, they're pretty ugly, man. Um, so this man, investment man, has paid over $12 million in NDA and hush money all together to four different women. And the biggest joke of this week has been he's paid more in vagina than he did for all of WCW's library. And that's truly the sad thing of it all. But let's get to woman number one. A former wrestler who was a contestant on the Diva Search. And her and her lawyer came through 2018 and <coughs> excuse me, made a deal to her $7.5 million. Supposedly, she was coerced into sex and then he demoted her and then decided to not renew her contract. Well, once those details came out, anyone who wants to know who this diva was, you could probably figure out who that was. Anyone who got a huge push and then just disappeared, that's not hard to tell. I'm personally not going to do that or say anything like that on the show. But if you guys want to figure it out, you can be my guest do your own research. Um, and that's just what you want to do. Um, 
but that actually it's funny because I remember when the Deep Search first came out like what 2004 or 5 I remember one of the things that people were saying was because I remember at the time there was an edict that they wanted models they didn't want women that were wrestling like the Charlottes, the Beckys, the Baileys uh, they they didn't want wrestlers women. they want to turn models into wrestlers now it's the opposite they want to turn fighters into wrestlers that's why you have the MMA influence as far as not just Ronda Rousey but Shayna Baszler and Laura Valdez or, or the one that just left Bellator I can't remember her name I apologize um, but now it's different and he, I remember the article was where it used to be like, "Hey, Vince McMahon has was like in swimsuit models, uh, issues of swimsuit uh, show models or whatever, or issues of whatever it was, but it was swimsuit models essentially that he would tell John Laurinaitis, who's in this stuff too, um, hey, uh, you see if you can contact this person and see if they want to be a wrestler. So it come, I remember the, the joke was it came across as Vince is just picking up women just to, to look at and live and in person. And supposedly there was a joke in the writer's room where when Vince would be extremely late is because he was banging the models, um, which I guess is a perk of their job. I don't fucking know. Um, but this is not surprising because I remember reading these things at the time. You know, they're so old now, but but when you bring stuff up, I'm just like, wow, that, that, that was a thing that was, was, was said back then. But also at the same time, you look at some of these people they were never meant to be in the business for a long term. Like, when you look at someone like Christy Hemme, who's had a hell of a career for herself um, between WWE and Impact, uh, she's one of those people who just, just took to wrestling and loved it. But if you look at the Diva Search, the Diva Search was all about finding the next person that they, they just want people to look at. Um, but woman number two, Vince allegedly sexually harassed a woman on the job that was a former manager, and not a wrestling manager, just a former manager within WWE as far as in the office field. And they paid her $1 million. And she was a former manager slash paralegal. And another woman, the third woman, and we already know about the fourth woman, the friend came out or whatever. And the third woman essentially was sent um, unsolicited nudes from Vince. And you know what's funny? There was this woman called Lisa Wolf. Every wrestler hates her that you've ever heard. First time I ever heard the first time I ever heard the name was on a Kayfabe Commentaries um, shoot interview, and it was I think the first person I ever heard was Jim Cornette brought her up because I was watching uh, Timeline '97, which is a great, great timeline from the perspective of Jim Cornette. If you can deal with him, I think this just works well. Same time I heard it was with Kevin Nash. So apparently Lisa Wolf was brought in when Vince got in trouble. And Kevin Nash didn't say this. Jim Cornette said this. Uh, Lisa Wolf was brought in as kind of an HR person to be in the room with Vince when he fired people. Because at the time, remember, WWE wasn't as big as it is now. Vince and uh, whoever he had at the time uh, over at Head Creative, or that Creative Head over uh, Talent, was the one firing, but Vince back in the day did a lot of firing himself or a lot of bad news himself, which is why Nails got in trouble because Nails literally grabbed Vince by um, the, the throat and tried to kill him. So, um, Lisa Wolf was brought in to kind of deal with the talent on a promotional level, but as well as being in the office as a witness. Now, I don't know how many guys have real jobs. When I say real jobs, I mean real corporate jobs where they have to do that. Myself, plenty of times, even though I just became... So, I want to say the last couple of years, I've dealt, the last four or five years, I've dealt with management stuff in a corporate environment on Aircoast again. And there's been plenty of times, when I, even with my, when I wasn't a manager, just a manager say, hey, I need someone in the office with me. And, and even though there's cameras in the office, they need someone in the office. So a lot of times you just sit there, you don't say anything. You just kind of like, I, what I would do is I would just kind of put my head around, walk, just like kind of look at the ceiling and just be like, right? And you just hear them talking and say, hey, if you do this again, or uh, whether they're giving them a warning, whether they're firing them, you just need a witness in there to say, hey, I said these things, I said them the right way. 
So that's why Lisa Wolf was brought in originally was for for that reasoning. But then her roles and her responsibilities expanded to where then she's um, trying to coach up the wrestlers, and this is where Kevin Nash hates her. But essentially, she was brought in when Vince got supposedly in trouble with one of the women. This isn't the Rita Chow- Chow- Chatterton thing, excuse me. Rhea Chatterton, Chatterton was, um, that was in the 80s, that was in the mid-80s, where she accused Vince of some stuff, um, which we spoke, spoke about a couple weeks ago, but, um, this was someone else, and so Jim did not, Jim Cornette did not, uh, elaborate on it, and he wasn't asked to elaborate on it, um, but that's why Lisa Wolf was brought in, but everyone hated her, and so, that was the, the situations from all those times. So this is not like anything new, as I said a few weeks ago. Vince has been accused of these things since the 1980s. Uh, so it's just, it's just not surprising. Now, I will say this. I, and that's why I guess people felt I wasn't clear enough. Because I definitely I definitely never said anything, anything any of it was good. But I guess I was just telling a story. And, and here's what my thing is. I'm just here to tell stories. Like, I remember when I first restarted the podcast and Jonathan Esther was like, hey, yo, you know, I've never known certain details of the Montreal Screwjob, which is crazy because that story has been told so many times. I don't watch anything that revolves around it because I don't feel like I know anything new. And because I've also watched so many different shoot interviews and I've been so blessed and so lucky to see people in person, like, uh, I think I told this on the old podcast. Yeah, I definitely did. Because um, the clip is still up on YouTube, on my YouTube page. I went to, I drove somewhere in Georgia. It was in the country, country of Georgia, uh, which was like an hour and 20 minutes from my house to meet Jim Cornette. I still have the picture somewhere on my phone. And um, guys, autograph and everything. And I remember vividly, we were just sitting there for a Q&A before this wrestling show. And honestly, I was never going to stay for a wrestling show. Because also it was like an hour and twenty minutes from my house, I just didn't want to do it. But I remember him telling a good part of the story. I've been in, I've been around other people who have told parts of the story. I've seen it like live, so like I've heard those details, and that's why I said, "Oh, it'll be fine." And that's why I told the story. If other people request other things too, and I've gone into it in detail as well. So I think when I'm telling the story, I feel like it's my job as a responsible host to try to to not show bias. That's why I did appreciate, and I never, I don't think I ever said this out loud. But or on the show, excuse me. But I was surprised at the number of people that love the we have to talk about Cosby podcast. I did. It's completely different from anything we've ever done. But I'm saying right now, I remember vividly. I was house sitting for somebody, and this was just a few months ago. And I was talking to a friend who isn't a documentaries like myself, and he was like, "You should watch this." So I signed up for a free trial of Showtime, and next thing you know, boom! I'm watching it. This four hour documentary, four part documentary. It just impacted me in that way. Too. I was like, man, this. I there's so many things that I, cause I was never a Bill Cosby fan. I had to, I know I know a lot of times the Monday show and the Wednesday show don't mix. You guys are like AEW and WWE fans, but legitimately, if, if you guys don't listen to the Wednesday show, there were so many things I did not know about Bill Cosby because I wasn't a fan of his. You know, like I was a fan of Different World. You know, and I, I know I was a branch of the Cosby show, but. It wasn't Cosby. Like, anything with Bill Cosby, I didn't enjoy. Like, the one scene that I enjoyed from the Cosby show was the one that's really popular where they're singing to the elder people, elderly. And they're pra- essentially just praising them and, and giving them something to uh, visualize and love, which I think was just a fun scene and a, and a greatly written scene. And me as a writer, I could, would enjoy it. Um, but I learned so much about his history and what he did. And I was like, man, for as good of stuff as you did you've been um accused of some really nasty stuff and um i i never gave my opinion it's not it's them it doesn't matter what my opinion is actually all that matters is um i thought it was intriguing i felt my audience would think it was intriguing and i got so much good feedback from that and so that's why a lot of times i don't think we hit these type of topics on the monday show that's why you guys, you guys haven't heard this tone before. But like on the Wednesday show, I, I definitely feel like I'm telling more, more stories instead of recapping because when I'm talking about Power or Arrow, I'm giving my real thoughts here of like the shows that I embraced. Wrestling happens every week. There's no off season, 
So sometimes it's so hard for me to care about stuff. I find myself writing down notes every week and I cross out stuff. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. That's, that's just stupid. You know, like even three weeks ago when I literally tried to watch a three hour raw, I just can't do it anymore. I need to watch it in sections. It's just, it's not even that so bad. It's just so fucking long. And I'm a long way from the days of when three hour raws, I, <coughs> excuse me. I remember when they first started doing three hour raws, I was living with my ex's uh, mother and her, obviously. And um, I remember vividly having FOMO again for the first time in my wrestling life in almost 15 years, 16 years. Or maybe not even that long, but uh, I think they started doing three hour rolls in 2013. So I, it was like it was like 14 years or whatever. And I remember having FOMO, like you have to, just something special has to happen in these three hour shows. They don't feel that way anymore, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Some cool stuff still happens, but I don't think you guys on the Monday show hear it as much. You guys kind of just hear my opinion on stuff and where we're going from there and blah, blah, blah. And then we just kind of take off. Um, so, yeah, if it seemed like that, it's because I'm just. And, I, and by the way, for the record, I'm not explaining myself. I'm just letting you guys know, hey, there's a reason I still think you guys should check out the Wednesday show. Would it help the numbers? Absolutely. But I do still feel like there's a difference in the shows. I don't think you get, I think you get two different types of storyteller with me, and so yeah, it's just um, my opinion doesn't my opinion doesn't matter what what it is uh, as far as like if he did it or not. I mean, he's been accused of shit since the day I was since, since the year I was born. He was he's been accused of shit, and the year I was born was guess what? The first year he was he was in Jimmy Snooker's book. He was a uh, not even accused. It was the, the story was told. He had a briefcase that he walked into. A police station with whatever that means so yeah just to get that out the way but um these 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 allegations are pretty ugly and um man they, they it would be hard to force him out i think what would force make vince sit down really make him sit down would be remember also i didn't even think about this until i heard someone else say this uh earlier yesterday or yesterday I can't. I forgot their TV deal comes up next year. Right now, they're getting guaranteed money. That's why Vince will never change what he wants to do. But if USA or Fox came to him and said, "Hey, you know, we kind of want you to go away for a little bit, and we'll give you two billion dollars for the next five years," he would be dumb to stick around. It is reported. It has been reported now to Fightful Select that WWE. Like, the, there was a lot, a lot of people that weren't going to speak out. Why would they? I mean, some people, there are some whistleblowers, but there's some people who are just like, hey, I make a really good living here. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And matter of fact, it's funny because I was just having this conversation with someone about uh, he, he's in an interracial interracial relationship. And um, you could tell a significant other it's her first interracial relationship. So she kind of takes everything so, well, this is what you don't do with black people and blah, blah, blah. And, I've been in a lot of interracial relationships. I've dated white women. I've dated uh, Brazilian women. I've dated Hispanic women. I Because I've been in a number of these relationships, I never have once thought of lines. I think you date somebody, you date them, you know? I've been very... Uh, but I'm also a very blunt person. And I usually tend to get to the point like, hey, what are we doing here? Um, but he told me, hey, man, I just don't know these things. And I said, well, I can't blame anybody for not knowing. Um, I, I can blame people for wanting to turn a blind eye to it. That's a different fucking story. When you just want to turn a blind eye, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not a bad person for not wanting to know. Now, do I think... Uh, part of this is dangerous, uh, so I'm not going to say it on the air. My thought on that. But I, I, I will say this. I feel like if I can't... I don't think people can be mad if you just want to learn something new and understand what what's causing all this, as Ric Flair would say. Um, so to me, I can't blame people for having a good job, having a good career, making a good feeding their families and just keeping their mouth shut. But some staffers have come out because if you guys notice, it's funny. I didn't think about this until I started reading these reports, but I thought about this now. We don't, we haven't seen Vince on TV much unless WWE is under attack. When his wife Linda was going for a Senate spot, and all of a sudden people were just going at WWE. That's when he was like, "We need to stand up for WWE." 
And I remember that's when we seen him on TV a lot, even when she lost. We seen him on TV. Same thing here. We seen him on TV every week since then, essentially. Just doing nothing. Rather, it, yeah, he introduced John Cena. Man, get the get the bleep out of here, dude. He's making these appearances out of spite. And apparently, after his first eventful, I'm doing air quotes again, uh, appearance on SmackDown two weeks ago, apparently he went back to the gorilla position, according to sources in the, in the company, sat down, before he put his headset on, he said, fuck him. Just being defiant. Just being defiant. That's the only reason. And so now people are starting to come out. Um, also, you gotta remember, some things have happened that they just don't agree with. Bruce Pritchard taking over head of town relations. They know who Bruce Pritchard is. They know these things. And then there's a report in Fightful Select where John Laurinaitis was fucking some of the Diva Search members. And when he got in trouble for it, apparently that's why he was demoted from head of talent relations many, 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 many years ago. And then he was brought back under the same role. It's because someone came out and said that, hey, we were having a sexual relationship. I broke it off and he punished me for it. And so it's one of those situations where it's just fascinating how they brought this guy back. So he's known for at least 15, 16 years what John Laurinaitis is. I just find it funny how these two are so connected. I did not see that part of the story coming. Like, these two are just... uh, (laughs) They're dogs. But they they, they scratch each other's itches as well. It's just so crazy to me, like, I, I don't even know what to think about it, but it's just very crazy to me. Um, but yeah, this is getting ugly. It was, I guess it's been ugly, but I think it's getting more ugly because Vince is not going down without a fight. Everything to him is, is a fight. And so my thing is this, should, I will give my opinion on this. Should he step down? Probably so. Will he? No. But I will say this. All these things are coming out now. Why? Is it it to force the McMahons to sell to uh, whoever wants it? I mean, the thing is, you guys got to realize this, and I will say this. Do I want someone to create the change? Sure. But who's to say when they sell it? is going to go to better creative. It doesn't mean anything. It's like when your favorite sports team sells. It can go to sh- it's probably going to go to shit first before it goes to anything else. So you guys be careful what you ask for. These these allegations are fucking horrible though. They do not paint Vince in any good light. There's no way to uh even justify any of this if you want. You can justify anything. I just watched season 3 of Home of uh the boys, Jesus Christ, they, you see, like, that's clearly a parody off life and Trump and what we went through just three years ago or whatever it was. People will justify anything. So, like, this is clearly a, this is clearly what's happening right now. But just be careful what you wish for if you want him gone. Be careful if you what you wish for if you want him to stay. These allegations won't stop. Now with this happening, I have to assume he is. There will be at least four more allegations. That's very specific. I'm just guessing, but I'm assuming that. So uh, let's move on. But that is the top story of the day. Um, yeah, and, and before 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 we get to the topic, actually, Netflix, who already filmed. The, the Vince McMahon biopic. They already filmed it and it was in post-production. They have quietly dropped it from their show list. Apparently a source to today, Meltzer, said that, hey, yeah, that's, that shit's off the fucking table right now. And probably for good. And they spent millions of dollars on it. It's like, imp- I, did, I didn't even know that shit was in post-production. That's crazy to me. Speaking of messes, Tammy Stitch, after losing her lawyer last week, 
because for you guys, for, for those of you guys who did not know, I don't know if I, I reported it last week or told you guys last week, but essentially the lawyer said that, hey, he needed to, you know, wanted to step away because she wasn't taking his advice. So the judge granted the lawyer the request. This week, she pleads not guilty, which is standard. I saw a lot of people pissed off about it, but it's standard. Jeff Hardy pleaded not guilty. You're, it, it, makes, uh, it makes you know you're going to trial and then you can work out some kind of deal later on. But if you plead guilty, there's no wiggle room there. So you have to plead not guilty a lot of times. Kota Ibushi says his shoulder is getting worse. That is not good and ought to be 100% honest with you. I just think him and Big E are probably going to be out for a couple of years. Big E just gave an update saying how he does not need surgery, but his C1 is not healing like he's supposed to. So, But surgery is off the table, so that's still a blessing. But I can see us... I can see Kota Ibushi being out for another... I can see Kota Ibushi coming back late next year. I can see Biggie coming back late next year, early next, early 2024, to, for them to fully heal up. That's just uh, those are two huge losses. But it it, come back, it comes at a time that is not just. I remember what was it WrestleMania 32 that WWE was the only company with the injury bug really bad. It was like they were just obviously that was before AEW and all stuff. But I remember they were just get, they were just hit, and I remember reading a report on ESPN where it was like, hey, even with the uh, injured list, um, I can't remember the exact analogies, but even, even with a huge injured list, WWE puts on WrestleMania. Um, this is something I don't think have, have we seen this before? Have we ever seen this many talented people just injured? Speaking of injuries, Dragunov had to relinquish the NXT, the NXT UK Championship due to injury. Like it just they he just keep piling up. And I don't know what the injury is to Dragunov, but my first thought was like, Jesus, the age Christ. So I do feel like maybe we should start seeing some. I've, I've been feeling like this for a while. Maybe, hey, Tony Khan. Hey, Vince. Hey, Ghetto. You know, hey, uh, Scott Demore. Uh, why don't we just cut back on these ladder matches, these, these barbed wire steel cage matches? And maybe it's probably best right now to play it safe. But then again, I look here. I'm. I've seen some stuff on Instagram with some wrestlers going through tables and hitting their head on the concrete floor for probably 10 bucks. So I, I, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask about this shit right now. Um, but yeah, the injury bug's still real and still very much there. Um, Ric Flair is back in the Raw signature. Melts reports there means Flair and WWE are back on good terms. Flair did tweet out, and he said, that was one of the greatest things in my life is to lose my spot on the signature. And I said this, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but Flair is the most entitled wrestler I think I've ever talked about before. And I like Flair, but Jesus Christ, he's so whiny. It's like, that's not your spot to... Dude, there's so many people that are deserved of a spot on the Raw signature. You're not even a current talent, dude. Literally, you're not even a current talent. Yes, you're having your last match that no one even knows what the fucking last match is going to be in a couple weeks. It's the week of SummerSlam. But it's like, dude, you're not even a Raw talent. You're not even a WWE talent. You don't have the right to be on the Raw signature. When CM Punk had the problem in 2011, yes, he was a current Raw superstar. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why in the blue hell wasn't he on the, the signature to this fucking show? I don't know. Once again, it's always, I think Flair and WWE have just, I think any relationship Flair is in, it feels toxic. Because supposedly, even Flair had made a comment about Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal was, Lethal was supposed to be on his podcast. And then he came out and said, well, Lethal has an attitude. You know what? I, was, I, I had this former friend. And anytime we would talk, it's, it was just drama coming out of her mouth. It would be like, well, I lost this friend this week. And I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. I lost this friend. I lost this friend. And if I said to her one time, I said, hey, man, uh, have you ever thought it might just be you? Because I don't know people who just lose friends like this. I just don't. But Flair has more falling outs than anyone you can ever talk about. It's like Jesus, D.H. Christ, for someone who's so loved, how much do you need to be praised on a daily fucking basis? I don't know. It's just, it's when I read that, I said, ah, that's, that's just what I feel. Just, I usually wouldn't talk about it, but I just said, that's just fucking weird. Anyways, Kushida. To debut for Impact at Derby City Rumble. 
So I'm uh, so for you guys who go into that show, just know Kushida will be there. Impact news: Mia Yim earns a shot at Jordan Grace in her Knockouts Championship. That should be a fun match. Um, I have, for those of you guys asking, I have not heard Mia Yim's reasoning for not going to AEW. I actually, I, I'll check it out sometime when I, when I have time. But I I always thought Mia Yim should have gone to Impact. Mia Yim's been treated the best she's ever been treated in Impact. Also, I just don't. How do I put this? I feel like I feel like AEW is gonna going to bolster their women's ranks very very soon with two or three more additions, and not just because of people you're thinking about. I think other people will join as well. However, I feel like Mia Yim kind of can get lost. She's such a unique. Uh, I said this before. It, she's such a unique wrestler, where she's black and Korean. She adds the soul to shows. She has this confidence. Honestly, I think the only time I've ever seen an Asian woman treated well in an American company was an impact with Gail Kim. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like sometimes certain cultures get lost in the shuffle. And I'm not saying AEW wouldn't do it. They, they haven't had a chance yet. You know, I mean, obviously, well, here's my thing. The, the first, their first women's champion was fucking Rio. So it's not that they don't know. And they had, they had her, Sheeta on a, Hell of a run with the women's championship. I just feel like BNM wouldn't come in there and immediately win the title. So like, what what would she be doing? They just found a spot for Ruby Soho. So I just no no. I think that, that's all is good. But I will when I have time. Um, think about it. And for those of you who are wondering what that noise was, I was trying to figure it out as well. That's why I sounded kind of distracted there. My headphones just held, fell on the floor. Anyways, um. Death Before Dishonor. Two matches have been signed. Well, three matches, actually. Will Wheeler Yuta will put the pure championship on the line against Daniel Garcia. FTR made a challenge. Top guys. Briscoes, two. ROH Tag Team Championships. And Samoa Joe defends the TV championship. First time he's defended TV championship in ROH territory against Jay Lethal. Um, I, for those of you asking, I will be watching that pay-per-view. If it's on, if it's in a theater, I will be watching it in a theater. Um, just to get more feel. I'm excited that ROH is back. And hopefully, hopefully this means they have a deal somewhere. Um, because I will say this. This will help get some of this talent off of Dynamite onto ROH. Like, it's cool seeing the Blackpool Combat Club together. But, like, to me... If you're able to shift Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio between both shows, Samoa Joe between both shows, it would just be a good look. And then what we saw on Rampage, I don't, we don't see this, we don't see this often, but a champion mid-title reign turn heel on Rampage. And I'm, my, my notes are all out of order, but everything's just hitting the spots right now. I'm feeling it, baby. Um, it was uh, Jonathan Gresham. Teaming with Lee Mariotti against the agony of Tully Branchard Enterprises. Match was made a week ago, and all of a sudden, Gresham just refuses to tag in. Mariotti gets destroyed, and then you see Blanchard and fucking Gresham hug. I was like, the turncoat, how dare he? I love this. I love you're making Tully Blanchard like the top heel manager. He's turned the, the world champion who. Most people don't know who he is. What she said in this promo. He said, a lot of people know who I am. You will know who I am. Gresham's, for those of you guys, for those of you guys who don't know who Gresham is, well, one, he's married to Jordan Grace, which makes Jonathan Esther seriously jealous, which makes me very happy. But he is very talented. He's great. Um, he's definitely um, someone that should be known more of. And to this is think about this. This is Tully Blanchard Enterprises. You have Brian Cage, you have Agony, and now you have the ROH World Heavyweight Champion. By the way, that championship ROH World Title first time ever defended on Rampage this Friday against Lee Moriarty. Uh, that's gonna be a hell of a fight right there. I'm definitely watching that shit. But um, you don't see this very often. A champion turning heel, especially the world champion. But um. This is going to be fun to fucking watch, which means I'm hoping they have some deal where we can see see these guys just on their own, cause and see their and see their roster, 
it would feel like a WWE 2K20 type of thing or whatever where like you legit have rosters and you have like Samojo signed to AEW and ROH. I mean, I know they're all signed to the same shit, but you get my saying. You get what I'm saying though. You see some people go back and forth and other people just be there. Um, so I, I'm super excited to see anything they got going on. Uh, I, I want to talk about this really fast. WWE figures, they have gone up in price to $22.99 for an elite figure and $11.99 for a basic figure. So, But I will say this. A lot of people were upset about this when they when they realized this. But this was told last year. All figures were going up last year. Um, I knew that because, you know, obviously you guys know I collect the, the AEW, the, uh, the, the, um, EW, uh, EW, the WWE, the, uh, the legend, whatever. Yeah, this was spoken about, this was seen in a lot of those, when they would show, uh, when people would post or like their pictures or whatever, or, or, or say, hey, this, this is being promoted in overseas or this is being promoted in Toys R Us Canada, like you would see the price upscale, upscale. So this was known for about a year that this was happening. Um, honestly, it's not a surprise with the popularity of these figures. Um, but this is why I maintain. This is and this is place such weird place in the show. But this is why I maintain one hundred percent that figures need their own Kelly Blue Book. How we have a Blue Book for Funko fucking pops. And not for figures who have been... Funko Pops are rarely... Are, they're new, according to, as, as opposed to action figures. But Funko Pops have had a blue book for like three years now. And I think that what Funko Pops came out in like 2014, 2013. And I know people... Uh, matter of fact, when I was in line, I was talking to a guy who... It's all he collects is Funko Pops. He even got custom... He had a custom Funko Pop of... Um, I can't remember the character's name that Brendan Fraser plays on... Um, what is that DC show? Doom Patrol. And um, it's one of those things where, like, they've gotten a blue book. The blue book you have for figures is eBay, which is ridiculous. Because, like, you'll find some figures are, like, 30 bucks. I remember one time I was talking to someone on eBay. This, this really just annoys the fuck out of me. He had an out-of-the-box, loose, some version of Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man 2099. Won three hundred dollars for that motherfucker. I was like, "Hey man, you're not on hopium. You're on like crack." He was like, "Nah, that's a good figure." I said, "Bro, it's a loose, and you want three hundred dollars for it? Playboy, get the fuck out of here. What are we talking about right now? You know, loose figures can be sometimes ridiculously priced. And I used to say, "Well, it depends on what you want to pick." Nah, man, that's bullshit. These motherfuckers just get out of hand. But this is why they need a blue book. I don't know who's going to put it together. I do know there's online websites that kind of do have their own thing, right? Uh, where I can't remember the name of it. This is a guy named, I think his name is Nerdzoic on YouTube. He uses it all the time. He doesn't use eBay. He uses that particular website all the fucking time. And he talks about it. I haven't watched any of his shows in months. But um, I, I just personally feel like there needs to be a line. And honestly, I do I do say this. Let's say if you're trying to, I don't know, let me use me. So I have a I have Christian autograph that's authenticated. I think without this, uh, as I say, let's say you buy a paid ten bucks for the authentication, right? And autograph is thirty bucks, it's forty. So then you included the price that you pay for. Let's say you pay forty dollars for the figure. I think whatever after I think that should be the base. So what forty, fifty. So 60 bucks. I think whatever's next is what we should be basing that off of. So let's say if 60 bucks, but it, but it makes it like 100 bucks and worth whatever it is. And if you want to buy it for more, it's fine too. But I think it should be a Kelly Blue Book though. As long as the figures are going up, it should, it should be a Kelly Blue Book. But that's just my opinion. And finally, before we get on to some other news, uh, WES, so... For those, who, for those who guys don't know, it's a wrestling promotion. They have canceled their show due to low ticket sales. So reportedly, they only sold two to three hundred tickets. But WES has claimed they canceled the show because talents were not showing up and they were being uh, uh, insubordinate. Well, according to several talents, they were not paid in full and they were promised money after the show, which they did not trust. So they gave those half day pay, uh, those half 
paydays back. I said, when you have all the money, I'll do the show, which I agree with them. I wouldn't do a goddamn thing until I see all my fucking money. So, uh, glow to them, Fred. Lie. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi. They are listed. They are not listed. Excuse me. They are not listed on the internal WWE roster. As a matter of fact, Sasha Banks has been removed as the avatar for the Peacock service, as well as Naomi and Sasha Banks have both removed the WWE tags from their names. I know it's a big deal nowadays, um, but that is very fascinating. Uh, the, I don't know how... How are you guys going to smooth this thing over with, with Sasha? Because I don't think they're worried about Naomi. I think it's, it's going to be a loss. But how are you going to smooth thing with Sasha Banks when you have the CEO who has much bigger fish to fry right now? You're the board of investigators, excuse me, the board of uh, directors in the middle of all this. Like, I just don't see her coming back right now. She's obviously a Hall of Famer. But I mean, like, if she wants to go, she goes. But I will say, I'm going to reiterate this. If we see her ass back on WWE television next month, and she resigned a new deal, I don't. Want, I will have no sympathy for Sasha Banks when she goes through this again in two years. Just saying, but that's very interesting that they're not on the internal roster anymore. Let's hit some raw notes. Gunther is on, shows up on Raw first time as Intercontinental Champion, destroys our truth. The Judgment Day. Lose to Mysterios by DQ via Eddie Guerrero. Uh, throw you the chair and fall down. I've been hit. Seth Rollins defeats Ezekiel. Riddle comes out of nowhere with the RKO. As been reported, that's the match for SummerSlam, which Rollins should win. Champa and Miz beat down AJ Styles. It looks like we're getting a tag team match where it will be Logan Paul, AJ Styles against Champa and Miz. And at first, I was a little annoyed about this, but then I thought about it. When was the last time the Miz? Excuse me. When was the last time Styles actually won? Death all about it. You're gonna have Styles and Champa in a premier match at SummerSlam. Yeah, it's gonna be with a celebrity. Yeah, Logan Paul's gonna be about Logan Paul and Miz. But at least you're getting those two in a premier match, and Champa is clearly in the match to take the fucking fall. But you know what? They're on the show. I can't even be mad about that. I can't complain about shit. I can't complain about it. I just choose not to. It's not even worth it. But I won't be mad about it. Theory get, is getting a U.S. title rematch at SummerSlam against Bobby Lashley. Says he will cash in the same night. Folks, he ain't cashing in the same night. If he does cash in the same night, he's losing to whoever wins that match. Which I'm guessing is Roman Reigns def- uh, keeping the match. Keeping the title, excuse me. Great American Bash. Core Jade and Perez win the women's tag team championships, the, taking those titles that uh, Toxic Attraction ha- have had strangle held on for a number of months. Um, I do find it funny how their their tag team division not just is rolling right along. We have not heard about those tag team those women tag team championships on the main roster in a very very fucking long time. Just saying, but congratulations to them. Braun Breaker retains, and that's about it. I want to talk about from NXT, AEW Dynamite. Wardlow gets new music and a TNT title, and it's funny how things come back around. The story of Wardlow was wasn't even done. And I remember when <clears throat> he won the ladder match, and he was facing Scorpio Sky, and I was like, man, how they they just put the belt on Sky? And then obviously chicanery happened. Scorpio Sky got the pin, but then once he set his eyes on, it, I said, well. Scorpio Scott's fucked. <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's that run with the TNT title is gonna be over, you know. And sure enough, was it didn't last long. Um, so hopefully, Warlow can do something with this title and restore it because it's been almost. It'll be a year in, in September when Miro lost that championship and it's lost a lot of luster since then, a lot, unfortunately. Moxley retains his championship in a fight against Brody King. Ruby Soho gets attacked. Arm stuck in the door, kicked in the oh, door, kicked in her arm. As this is a warning to Eddie Kingston from Jericho and the JAS. Christian is an absolute menace. We have Matt Hardy now they're trying to find something for Matt to do. He's now trying to say, hey, I know what you're doing. You're trying to eat off the young kids. And uh, 
Christian with one of the most crucial, one of the most vivid, with one of the most just mean lines of all time. You're making your brother look like the sober one. Like, I saw some headline where it said that whether they know it or not, they're trying to replace MJF. I don't agree with that at all. I think they're just letting Christian be a heel. Like, have you ever seen any of Christian's run as a heel? Look at that short span in 2005 when he had Tom Cole in WWE. Um, and and before he went to Impact. Um, he was really good then, too. And I remember, I remember, who was it? Was it Bruce Pritchard? It was a couple of people on their podcast said that at the time, Christian was getting such good heat that they wanted him to be the one to face uh, Cena at SummerSlam 2005. Excuse me, no, no, they want him to be the one to be at that July pay-per-view. It's supposed to be, technically it's supposed to be Cena versus Christian. And then when they added Jericho, that's when Christian decided to not renew his contract. Because he felt he wasn't giving enough credit. And even though he was like one of the highest heels at the time. And I remember hearing uh, rumors, not even rumors, but uh, it was always like, uh, I remember when the Americans got together. The un-Americans, excuse me. And it was, um, and it was Christian, Test, uh, Lance Storm. And William Regal. And I remember Bruce Pritchard and several other people saying, hey, none of those guys want heat. They didn't want to say things. I don't... Maybe they just, did, maybe they just, they just didn't want the kind of heat that that they... that, that they want... Uh, WWE wanted them to do. If that makes any sense. Because when Christian went to 2005, he was saying some shit then, too. And then, he went, then when he went to Impact, uh, Impact yeah, he, uh, his feud with Samoa Joe, this dude was saying some mean-ass shit. So I wonder, I wonder what they wanted them to say. Because, see, here's my thing. It's not that I don't think Moxley wanted Heat in his, in his feud with, uh, with, Seth, with Seth. But he wouldn't. He was so ashamed of some of the things they wanted him to say, he wouldn't even say them on air with Jericho. He said, I'll tell you off air. But it's like, I mean, sometimes you just don't want to say certain things. I can't be mad at that. But I remember like when I would hear those things on the podcast, I'm like, man, that's kind of interesting because 2005... Like that, I feel like the end of two thousand or the middle of two thousand five would justify me as a Christian fan. I was like, God damn, this dude's really fucking good. I remember a few people who were just strictly Edge fans, just such Edge fans. They were like, Man, nah, you were right. Christian's pretty fucking good because I never bashed Edge. There's nothing to bash. He's great, you know. But like, I just always feel like people were like, No, Christian sucks, and I'm like, I don't get where you guys are getting this from. And I remember a few people said, man, no, Christian's really fucking good. Um, but he's a man of society. Holy smokes. I hope when Jungle Boy comes back, he can match. We we know, we don't know if he has it in him. He, this is Jungle Boy's first real feud on his own. I I hope he can do it. I'm gonna, I believe in him. I'm a fan. But he needs to match everything. He's injured right now. But he needs, he needs to match everything that Christian is doing right now. Jesus, D.H. Christ. Rush, in his debut, pins Penta on Dynamite. Swerve in our glory, beat Butcher and the Blade. Next week, for Fighter Fest Week 1, we have the Bucks defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against Swerve in our glory and Team Taz, Starks and Hobbs. That should be a fun tag team match. I hope, here's my thing. Because if you guys remember, at the pay-per-view, Swerve in our glory took the loss. I think it was Swerve who took the pin. I hope they're not going to let them take the pin again just for them. Because they've been teasing a breakup for a while. Are they turning Swerve heel or Lee heel here? What are we doing? I think it's too early to do it. I think they're a great tag team. It's just not their time to win the tag team titles. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I think it's interesting they're still teasing that, though. The Gun Club have officially broken up the group. They've broken up the band. It was the Gun Club and the Acclaim defeating Ruffin It and Del Sol. Gun Club at the end of it turned on the Acclaim. That's your Acclaim face turn right there. And um, we're going to see how this all goes now. The Acclaim have become natural faces. And um, let's see how this goes with them in the Gun Club. Because people do not like the Ass Boys. And the Ass Boys just gave them Marie's and Naboo now. So this should be very, very, very interesting. And finally, Thunderstorm, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm defeated Shafir and Nyla Rose. This is obviously heading to All Out where we're going to see another match. Where I'm assuming this, right? 
I have to assume this. Um, but uh, we'll see. So anyways, that is the show for this week. Um, please do, once again, find me on five stars. Find me on five stars. Give me a five star on Spotify. Like the podcast. If you listen to SoundCloud, that's why it's there for. Please share on SoundCloud however you want to do it. Um, also, I am in, I'm going to put this in the um, description. I am in a contest to be uh, the opening act. And voting begins today, Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. It's for openingactradio.com. The, the website, which will be in the description, is openingact.radio.com 2022 Slow Chemical. Um, please vote for me. Help me get an opening act uh, slot. I will be forever grateful. Um, this is exciting. This is fun times. As I will be recording the boys' podcast, it will not be this Wednesday. It will be the following Wednesday, as this Wednesday will be the season finale of Miss Marvel. Um, so I'm super excited to see what that's like. The next three Wednesday shows are going to be f- really, really dope. Um, and I will announce what the Wednesday sh- show slots will be like since um, we've already talked enough about the Wednesday show. And I know you guys get off angry. But follow me on Wednesday show if you want to know more. I have the next three weeks planned out, uh, which is awesome. Actually, actually, we have the rest of the summer planned out. So that's going to be really freaking dope. So I'm super happy about that. So anyways, that is the show for this Monday. Um, I'm going to try to go back to sleep here. As I'm up early recording this, so you guys will get this around like 1.30 in the morning. So that's pretty awesome there. Actually, no, it's past 1.30 now. What time is it now? Oh, it's almost 2 o'clock. <laughs> so you guys will get around 2 o'clock. Um, but anyways, that is the show. I'm the Soul Chemical, and we are out.